Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Thursday, it is September 5th, it's 2019, and if you are a first-time listener to podcasts, welcome. If you've been listening to podcasts for a few years now, Thursdays during football season mean one thing. It's football podcast, it's Morning Grind Football Edition, week one, and I'm joined by my good buddy, Alan Lim. If you guys don't know who Alan is, um, obviously you weren't paying attention to the preseason. Appreciate you coming on, helping me out here for week one. I'm hoping, no offense to you, I'm hoping Will, um, Chief Justice 06, will be back with me next week. I love working with Will. We had a great time with football. But I'm calling in the the, the strong reliever here, Alan. Um, I'm putting the pressure on you. No, thanks for having me. Uh, we had a great you know preseason run. Uh, Jamino and I had a chance to uh, tag team and do some preseason at Roto Grinders this year. Um, and, yeah, I'm just happy to be on and kind of give my thoughts. And, again, this allowed me to do my research, so I really appreciate you know the, the process of going through each game and kind of digging into all the stats and finally getting ready for the season to start. I'm ready, man. I'm excited for the season to be here. Obviously, by week 16 or week 17, I'm so frustrated. I'm like, oh, good, season's over. But, you know, for, for week one, we're excited, um, ready to get into it, and um, we're going to jump right in. We have a lot to talk about. We're going to break down every game like we usually do. We have a showdown slates. We've got the main slates. Um, Quicker thoughts on the showdown slates than the main slates. You can find a lot of um, showdown content here at Roto Grinders. I don't play a ton of showdown. I play like three or five teams just to have a little bit of a sweat, but I'm not doing what Chop and Big T and those guys are doing, um, you know, printing money. So let's get started with the Thursday night football game. First game of the season, official game of the season. The Packers and the Bears, 46 and a half total with this one. Chicago's favored by three and a half now. We're going to start with the Packers. We always start with the visiting team. Um, you know, going into the season, I'm very high on the Green Bay Packers. I'm expecting a really good season from them. But they get to face one of the toughest defenses in the league here. It's a showdown slate. Like, there's obviously some sites out there you can play the Thursday through Monday slate. But we're really focusing on showdown, main slates, and then those other showdown slates. So when we're looking at the Green Bay Packers – on the showdown slate, what are we looking at here? What's your favorite thoughts, and um, what do you got here for the Packers? Yeah, so, uh, you know, they come in with both Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams dealing with some hamstring issues. Uh, now they're facing a you know, top-two defense in terms of both run and pass. Uh, the Bears were just a fantastic defense last year. So, on paper, this doesn't bode well for the Packers. I think my favorite play is obviously going to be Devontae Adams, and he's going to be massively owned on the showdown slate. But I think I'm okay eating that chalk and differentiating elsewhere. Uh, if you actually look back at last year, they, these two teams played in Week 15, and the Bears actually won 24-17. to 17. Um, Aaron Rodgers didn't even have a touchdown in that, in that game. He um, threw like 42 times and had uh, 274 yards and a pick. So the Bears definitely schemed Rodgers well. Um, so that's definitely a concern. I still think, you know, I still think Rodgers is a strong play in the showdown. Um, he's going to be popular as well, but I think you take that for um, – I think the, the, the big news here is um, St. Brown got placed on the IR. So, you know, the, the wide receivers are a little bit in flux right now. I think we could see maybe Jay Kumaro uh, emerge as a potential punt. Um, but really, for me, it's Devontae Adams, 
Aaron Rodgers, and I'm probably kind of off the run game here. Yeah, so I, I don't really want to attack the run game either, but in showdown slates, I always try to play quarterbacks. Um, I don't ever hardly play them in the captain spot because I feel like everybody's doing that, and I'm, I'm, I'm playing tournaments. I'm not playing cash games in showdown slates. I want the highest amount of ceiling I can get. There's two guys that I really like here for the Packers, and one of them is Scantling, who I'm very high on this season in general. But I love this matchup for Geronimo Allison. You know, we know the two outside corners for Chicago are very good. It's no secret by this time. We all know Kyle Fuller's good. Um, we all know that um, Okuma Amaro, whatever, however you say his name, he's good. But their weak part of this, you know, secondary corners, whatever you want to call it, um, is Buster Screen in the slot. So we know Geronimo Allison. You just said it. St. Brown's not going to play. We know that's where Geronimo Allison's going to live here um, is in that slot. You know, I'm projecting him to play, you know, 50% of the slot plays by, by far here. So I think he's a sneaky type, like, captain play to fit into quarterbacks to get the ceiling. So I'm going to play some Geronimo Allison as my captain, and I'm, I'm certainly going to play Scantling and Rodgers. But I think I'm going to pass on the whole running back situation. It's always a mess anyway with Green Bay. I think this is a game we see Rodgers throw a lot. And, um, you know, for that, too, you got to kind of have a little interest in Jimmy Graham. As far as the Bears go, you know, going into the season, like we have to be super excited about David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen, um, uh, two guys that we can really, you know, see some ceiling with. Um, for this game, we know we have to be looking at Trubisky. You know, he's, he's not the greatest quarterback in general, but he's a great fantasy quarterback. I'm totally on board with that. I think you had mentioned previously the the concept of you know playing both quarterbacks and just chasing their floors, and I think that's probably the strategy that I would do. Um, you know, Trubisky has the ability to rush, so you're getting that rushing outside, the potential for rushing touchdowns. Um, we we saw that last year with Trubisky. Um, I think the big injury to watch here is probably Trey Burton. I think he wasn't practicing. He's kind of questionable right now. If he doesn't play, we could see someone like Adam Shaheen, um, you know, be a potential. Uh, punt play in showdown formats um, he has the ability to uh, also you know act as a de facto uh, wide receiver too so I think um, there are a couple of uh, options here yeah I agree with you on the run game you know it's kind of crowded now you, you know you've got Tariq Cohen they drafted David Montgomery and then they signed um, Mike Davis and so it's kind of hard to figure out how they're going to divvy up you know the the roles I assume uh, it sounds like Cohen's going to obviously keep his passing work down but um, it sounds like they also kind of want to scale back his workload and give Montgomery, you know, more of that lead role. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens when they get to the goal line. You know, do they do they give it to Montgomery or do they let Davis rush it in? Does Trubisky get a quarterback run? Like, they, yeah. you know, obviously that's something you got to worry about too. And one of the reasons I didn't play Jordan Howard a lot last year um, because of that whole situation. Like Cohen's usually my favorite in in like when he's on a main slate, just because he's usually the cheaper option and he makes sense in PPR formats. Um, you know, I think Taylor Gabriel, if you're looking for a ceiling play, you know, he can catch a 60-yard touchdown and, like, crush value if he gets any more catches on top of that. So, you know, Allen Robinson, if Trey Burton's out, Robinson's going to be your target hog. Um, Anthony Miller likely going to play some slot here. And, you know, Tremaine Williams, not the best slot corner in the league. So, there, there's a lot of passing in both of these games. And, you know, we're looking at a 46-and-a-half total. We're not looking at a 38-and-a-half total here. You know, even with this Chicago defense that was rated number one last season, we're still looking at a high total. And I'm expecting points to be scored here. So, 
Uh, like this game. Glad we get a nice little game to get kicked off. Um, but let's move on to the main slate. We start with the Falcons and the Vikings. It's a 48 total. Minnesota's favored by four. You know, when we talk good defenses, obviously Minnesota's always at the top. They like to play defense and run the football. The Falcons aren't going to likely let them do that a lot, Alan. They're going to they're gonna try to push this game. They're going to try to score. Um, what do you like here for the Atlanta Falcons? Yeah, you know, I was kind of breaking down this game, and at least on this Falcons side, it's a little bit tricky for me because, you know, we see Matt Ryan. It's, you know, it, it's a decent spot for him, but I think at his price point, um, he's 6,100 on DraftKings, for example, and I can get someone like Jimmy Garoppolo or Kyler Murray in better matchups for cheaper. So I think the nature of the slate kind of makes me a little bit off Ryan in this spot. Um, I do think, um, you know, especially on Fandle, he's the third highest quarterback um, at 8K. So especially on Fandle, um, you know, you can pretty much get any other quarterback for cheaper other than Mahomes and Wilson. Uh, so I think for the running back, positions you know we've got Devontae Freeman finally in a full-time role uh, Tevin Coleman's gone um, the biggest concern here is whether or not you know the Falcons can operate with a lead and I think that'll you know obviously help help them um, but honestly I feel like this is probably the Julio spot I mean I haven't heard too much industry buzz on Julio and that's when I want to play him you know Chalk Julio never seems to go well so I, I think Julio makes sense in GPPs uh, especially I th- he's probably got the highest ceiling of any receiver on the slate he always does. If he scored any type of uh, any type of touchdowns last season, he would have been, you know, by far the best. You know, he he had 170 targets last season, 10.6 targets per game. Um, everything you looked at outside of touchdowns, like Julio was top five and everything. So, you know, obviously you got to be super excited about him. He led the league in you know receiving yards. He was third in receptions. He was second in air yards. Like we know that Julio is going to get his. It's just touchdowns, you know, and yeah. That that obviously is a huge thing. And the thing that we're looking at here, though, is, is is Xavier Rhodes healthy? Like, you know, last year Xavier Rhodes was very iffy. Like, he had good games, but he got burned a lot last year. Like, we look at his pro football focus rating, and it wasn't good. So, it, we know Xavier Rhodes likely going to shadow Julio. This pass rush is way better than their, their secondary – but we also have to remember Atlanta drafted offensive tackles, guards. Like, they did the best they could to help Matt Ryan. So, I like the passing game here. Do not sleep on Calvin Ridley as well. Um, if everybody's playing Julio, I'll swerve and play some Calvin Ridley. Uh, you know, Calvin Ridley has two touchdown upside. I'll play some Austin Hooper. If everybody's going to play Hunter Henry at tight end, you know, I hate chalk tight ends. So, I like the passing game. I don't hate the price on Matt Ryan on DraftKings at 6.1K. Like, I agree with you. Fandle, probably not playing Matt Ryan, but I do like this game. It has a high total. It's indoors. Both of these teams, it's week one. This could be a game that scores a lot of points because we flip to the other side of this game, Alan, and we're looking at a Minnesota team that's facing Atlanta. They drafted offensive line. They did not really improve this secondary or this defense outside of adding Claiborne. So, you know, I don't really expect this defense to be anything like great, do we potentially look at – first of all, Dalvin Cook is going to be the highest-owned running back, in my opinion. It's not going to be close, and we can start there. But what are your thoughts here at the Vikings when it just comes as a whole? I agree with you on Cook's projected ownership. It's going to be super high, and it's just a great spot. Um, the So I think it's interesting the way that they the Vikings form their 53-man roster. Right? They, um, 
They only kept four receivers initially. They ended up signing Josh Doxson. But now we – so that gives an indication that they're probably going to run more two tight end sets. Um, so, you know, Kyle Rudolph, maybe even you know, Irv Smith. Um, but – so I guess I'm thinking they're, they're probably going to go more run heavy. So obviously that bodes well for Dalvin Cook. Um, at the same time, he's probably going to be chalk. I think it's chalk you want in cash games. Um, I probably will be overweight too in tournaments. Uh, the price on Kirk Cousins, that's where – that's where I'm struggling with. So he's only 5,500 on DraftKings, which is super cheap. And I think he does profile as a cash game play as well. But I, I don't think I want to be overweight in GPPs. And we've seen him last year. He, he had some ceiling games, but for the most part, you know, he, he, he's not someone that's going to just chuck it, right? And I don't think that unless the Falcons are – unless this game turns into a shootout, then, yeah, maybe, maybe he can reach a ceiling game. But um, right now I'm really looking at Dalvin Cook. Um, there was some big news, you know, for Wednesday that Stefan Diggs did miss practice with a hamstring injury. So that's definitely something we have to monitor. If, if he's out for practice on Thursday or even Friday, I mean, um, I think you, at that point you just lock in um, Adam Thielen. Yeah, Thielen's price makes him a, a fantastic option, even if Diggs plays, especially in PPR formats. We know Thielen's going to get his um, – yeah, like I don't mind sacking a quarterback running back um, I usually will add in a wide receiver or a tight end to get the full ceiling when I'm doing that. So I don't hate the idea of playing Cousins with a Cook. Um, probably not something I'm going to do in cash games. I'll be honest. I, there's a hard, really hard, you know, or really easy decision in cash for me, a quarterback that we'll talk about when we get there. But I, I pretty much know who I'm playing a quarterback in cash, and I'm probably not going to be switching off of it. But if for some reason Dix doesn't play, I think that's a boost to Rudolph. So you could run that potential, like, you know, quarterback, running back, tight end to be lower owned because I think a lot of people would do it Thielen. Um, but Chad Beatty, Beatty, right? Isn't that their guy that would kind of like slide in here? I don't think Doxson's probably going to be familiar enough with the offense. So maybe some value. Um, probably not playing either defense in this game. So um, I think we can continue to move on here. We go to Baltimore at Miami, 37 and a half total. Baltimore is a six and a half point favorite here on the road. I'm going to have some potential rain in Miami and Tampa. Um, Roth will be able to update us that as we get closer to the game, but I don't really worry about rain as much as I do other things when it comes to football. Um, and, and I definitely don't mind it with Baltimore because there's a 95% chance I'm not playing a Baltimore wide receiver. Uh, I'm looking at Lamar Jackson. And I'm looking at Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram, one of my favorite plays in, in a cash format because I feel like he has really high floor here, Alan. Yeah, I think the Mark Ingram Ravens D stack, you know, for some correlation, is probably one of my favorites um, in this game, at least. Um, I'm probably with you. I'm not going to have too much exposure here, but I also don't expect the industry to have much exposure either. Uh, you know, the Ravens led the NFL in rushes per game last year. They basically became a run first team when they handed the team over to Lamar Jackson. Um, everything points to this being a Mark Ingram game. You know, they're seven point road favorites, likely a positive game script against the Dolphins. So I think for me, the play is Mark Ingram. uh, And I love the Ravens D against this really bad uh, Dolphins team. Yeah, the defense um, very much in play. I'm glad you brought them up. Um, Very, very, very um, solid, strong defense here. I'm a Dolphins fan and I hope they go one in 15. I don't want to see them lose every game, but like I just, we're in the process of rebuilding the trades that we just made. I agreed with the trades. I didn't really expect much from them this year. I think we're going to see Fitzpatrick start the season, but I eventually think we're going to see Rawson 
but uh, he's terrible too. So, um, Fitz Magic is four point nine k. Like, if you're not playing the Baltimore defense and you're potentially wanting to do something with this game, it's probably not my my favorite move by any means. But I, if I'm going to play one of the wide receivers, I think we could potentially see Marlon Humphrey shadow Devontae Parker. He didn't shadow a lot. Um, like Baltimore in general didn't shadow a lot, but like if you're shutting down Miami, you're, you're wanting to shut down Parker. But the guy that I really, really like here is Albert Wilson. Let's just take the ceiling. Let's take the guy that, you know, going back to the whole Taylor Gabriel thing, let's just take the guy that could bring potentially a 60, 70 yard touchdown. And if he does anything else, the rest of the game, he crushes. So, Albert or yeah, Albert Wilson at 3.9 K probably potentially the only piece that I'm going to have from the dolphins. I don't want to play the run game. Like, could you get behind Albert Wilson here? Yeah, I'm actually on board with that. I think if it's Patrick Albert Wilson stack, you're going to get it like 3% owned. Like no one's going to play that. Uh, there is upside, especially if they're playing from behind, you know, they're going to have to chuck the ball. Uh, we'd saw Fitzpatrick, at least in the bucks offense last year, he had some upside. He had some big games and that at least kept him, you know, with the starting role for a while. So we do know that he has that ability. Uh, so, yeah, I'm on board with that. I mean, no one's going to play it. And if you just want something that's low-owned contrarian, uh, I, I say go for it. Yeah, he can chuck. So as long as, you know, the hip injury is okay with Wilson, I guess he I, – I think he'll be fine. But if he's not, maybe Preston Wilson gets some run and Preston Williams, like the, the, the camp darling. Um, <laughs> I love the dude. He, good hands. Yeah. Titans and Browns, 45 and a half total. Cleveland's a five point favorite here. Um, you know, Tennessee, a team that you kind of are concerned about the offensive line when you're looking at, you know, stats from last year. That was the big thing. You know, <laughs> our boy Marcus Mariota was running for his life last year. Um, what do you like here for the Titans? So I really want wanted to like Derrick Henry, but I, I guess I do have some concerns. You know, I've, from preseason, we didn't really see him. He had a calf injury. He didn't play. He says he's 100%. So it, it, we have to take him at his word that he is 100%. There's the obvious concern here, right, is that the Browns are coming in here as uh, as favorites and they're playing at home. So if they fall, if the Titans fall behind, do they keep giving Henry the ball? Or do they you know shift more towards a Deion Lewis game for uh, you know for, for playing catch up? So that that's my biggest concern here. And so I think Henry probably profiles more as a GPP play. But you know I could see him being really viable on a site like FanDuel or Yahoo, where uh, it's really touchdown heavy and the you know point perception is not weighted as high. Um, but you know, honestly, yeah, I'm kind of off Mariota here. I don't really see a need to, to play him here against the Browns. Um, I do think Delaney Walker is a little interesting. You know, he should be back fully healthy um, after his ankle injury. And the, um, he did catch a touchdown in the preseason. And, you know, he, they, he does have a really good connection with Marcus Mariota. So I, I think there's a little bit of interest there. Yeah, just this whole offense in general last year, they just – they really struggled. They were like 25th in pass offense in DVOA. Like, uh, you know, we're – it's 2019. It's not 2018. I think a lot of people make the mistake to look at 2018 too much in week one. Like we're just going off of, you know, at, matchups are, are kind of pointless in week one for me. Like I still respect the good cornerbacks, but you know, they haven't played a full game since last year. Nobody, nobody has got out there and played a full game, whether, you know, practice, like, you know, it's way different, it's way faster. Um, I don't hate Corey Davis here. I don't really like Derrick Henry. The thing that is interesting about the Tennessee Titans pass catchers here, 
they're going to be playing from behind. Baker Mayfield's going to come out and light it up. That's what he does. Like, and he, they're Cleveland's going to want to show this offense off. Let, let's just be honest. This offense is so good. It's so talented. There's so many pieces here. They're going to put up points. So the appeal for the Tennessee Titans, you know, even Mariota, his price is just they're going to be playing from behind. And, you know, can they make a run at it in the second half? Like, it might be one of those stacks that you're really just hoping for second-half production. So, Corey Davis, A.J. Brown, Adam Humphreys, all those guys are flyers in tournaments for me this weekend just because I think Tennessee is going to be playing from behind. And then you mentioned Walker. Um, I, I don't hate him either. Like, the three the three wide receivers and Walker all in play for me. Probably wouldn't play Derrick Henry. Um, wouldn't, like, uh, have a ton – of Mariota be more on the back end of like Baker stacks uh, that I'd be stacking the back end of Tennessee. So Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. How do you not like this guy? Like, it, it's just, man, they, 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 they are, they're going to be fun to watch this year. There, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he adds good character to the NFL and I think that's what they need. So I don't know if he'll ever be the face of the NFL, but you know, he, he gives that social media material. I would say that. Um, I think for this game, the way that I'm approaching the Browns is I'm trying to decide how I expect the Browns to score their points. You know, do I expect it to come from Mayfield, Odell Beckham, maybe a Mayfield, Odell Beckham, David Njoku stack, or do I think it's going to come through the ground through Nick Chubb? And Nick Chubb only had 20 receptions in 16 games last year, so he's not really someone I would want to pair with Mayfield. I know the argument is that they had Duke Johnson last year, so they didn't really need him to catch passes. So maybe that becomes a part of his game, but until I see it, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's there. Um, so I think for me right now, I'm staggering my Chubb exposure with my um, Mayfield, Odell Beckham you know, stacks. And so that's, that way I'm staggering and kind of hedging in terms of you know, how I expect the Browns to, to get their points. So here's the thing about Nick Chubb. Like I, I'm going to play Nick Chubb a lot this year. I like Nick Chubb. I'm a huge fan. Um, Kilgo, he he got traded right like to Detroit or re-signed with Detroit or something along those lines. Like their defensive tackle, they went out. They drafted a defensive tackle in the first round. They and, and they signed Cameron Wake, who we know is a good tackler. Tennessee allowed the least amount of fantasy points to running backs last season, and I want to be aware of that. Again, I don't want to overlook week one or, or 2018. I don't want to, you know, fully look at 2018, but I also want to be aware of that this defense was really good against the run. So if I'm aware of that, it's Beckham, it's Landry, it's Baker. It, you know, hopefully the touchdown production comes from those guys. We're looking at, you know, three potential touchdowns, maybe four, maybe five here for Cleveland. So I'm hoping that the touchdown production comes from the wide receivers. I still think Chubb does fine. I just hope Chubb stays out of the paint because he's a guy that – another thing in week one is you have to remember that you have draft biasy. People do a lot of fantasy football season-long drafts more than they do baseball, more than they do basketball – so you get these biases of people that draft players. A lot of people probably drafted Nick Chubb. He's kind of that guy that, you know, you want for Cleveland. So he's going to have that ownership kind of up there anyway. So this is a spot that I think you can find some leverage and just, you know, taking, you know, the passing game here and, you know, avoiding a, a maybe a 15 to 20% on Nick Chubb and just hope that he stays out of the paint. So I like Beckham. I like Landry. I like Najoku. I probably wouldn't play Higgins here. I'm kind of just hoping that they move the offense through the good pieces here. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Higgins is someone to watch. Maybe 
later half of the season. You know, he could maybe maybe emerge um, as a viable option. Um, I do want to point out David Njoku, who's only $10 on Yahoo. So he's min-priced there. So if you are looking for you know, someone to fill your tight end spot, I think he's a strong consideration. Yeah, I like that. Um, I haven't done my Yahoo research yet. They just opened up Florida yesterday, so I got I to gotta jump in. Like, <laughs> I get to play on Yahoo. I'm excited. Kansas City Chiefs, Jacksonville Jaguars, a game that I'm really excited about. Um, 51 and a half total here. Kansas City is only favored by three and a half in this game. Um, it, it, honestly, anytime you're going up against Tampa, you always worry about the defense. They weren't as efficient as they were um, in 2017 as they were in 2018. I think they're going to get a little healthier here. You know, they're obviously a defense you always worry about. Um, I, it's Patrick Mahomes. It's this Kansas City. It's Andy Reid. It, like, who don't you like here is more of the question. Like, uh, you know, Kansas City is a strong offense every week. Yeah. I think people will see the matchup. They'll see the fact that um, Jalen Ramsey will be shadowing Tyreek Hill. And they'll also see, you know, last year t- um, the, the Jaguars did did stop Hill, you know, to some degree. So I um, – I, I think we don't overthink it in a way. I think I'm just going to have some chief stacks, like onslaught, onslaught stacks, and just just go for it. Um, I'm going to play Mahomes. I'm going to play Kelsey. Um, I think if you are worried that you know Tyreek Hill is going to get shut down by Jalen Ramsey, then maybe you focus more on someone like Travis Kelsey um, in your stacks because we'll probably see um, Sammy Watkins get mashed up with um, AJ Boye. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. You know, it, it's a tough matchup, but at the same time, I'm not going to bet against Patrick Mahomes here. I'm going to tell you one of my favorite tournament plays of the weekend is McCall Hardman. Um, I really like McCall Hardman. Patrick McCombs does not care who he's throwing the ball to. He's going to throw it to who's open. That's one good thing about him. Like, and it was very frustrating last season as far as fantasy to try to stack Kansas City outside of just playing Mahomes and Hunt and playing whichever wide receiver tight end you wanted to play with it. But, you know, you, you look at Kansas City and if Hill, if Hill is getting shadowed, I'm not worried about Tyree Hill getting – Andy Reid's so smart, he's going to get Hill in space. Like, he, he always has potential. If Sammy's going to see a lot of Bouye, that means Hardman's probably going to be that other guy. Like, it could be Demarcus Robinson. I think Hardman's more talented. I think if he gets the opportunity to prove it here, he will. So, yeah, and Travis Kelsey always in play. But don't forget about Damian Williams either. I don't think LaShawn McCoy will eat in too much. I think it would be – 75, 25, 70, 30. Uh, I, I'm not too concerned about McCoy. And if you get 70, 30, most of the time out of your running back, it's obviously a good situation. So uh, a lot of teams use two running backs nowadays, and you don't hardly ever see more than like 80, 90%. So the Jags on the other side of this game, this is my cash quarterback. Nick Foles going up against Kansas City. Nick Foles is a guy that we've been able to semi-trust um, for a long time now. Anytime he's gotten to play with Philadelphia – Obviously not the same talent level going from Philly to Jacksonville, but he has good pieces. Like Leonard Fournette's a good running back. The tight end situation's a mess, but D.D. Westbrook, how much is Nick Foles going to lock into D.D. Westbrook in this game? So I'm fully on board the, the Jag stack. I'm kind of surprised that we're on the same page here. Um, I, I love Foles. I think they'll be playing from behind, uh, so he's going to be forced to throw. We saw in the preseason uh, Foles – had 10 passes in one game. He threw seven of them to Westbrook, the other three to Fournette. And so I think the concentration of the offense is going to be really within those three. I know it's a small sample, but you know, those are the three most skilled players. And I, I just think that's where it's going to happen. 
Um, so I love Westbrook. Um, I love Foles and yeah, Fournette spent all off season getting healthy. I know he had a, you know, a bad year last year and he, he burned a lot of us, especially, you know, playing and then leaving games early. But I think we just have to start over, you know, it's new season and uh, I'm going to have a lot of, unfortunately or fortunately, I'm going to have a lot of Jaguars uh, on this, on this week. I'm with you. I'll, I'll be biting that um, same, same, you know, thought process here. Um, obviously I think, it doesn't sound like Marquise Lee is going to play. Like it's still very questionable. Um, maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. I don't know if he does play how much they're actually going to let him play coming off of that big knee injury. Um, the guy that I like here is kind of the pivot off of DD would be Chris Conley. Like Chris Conley, he's, he has size, you know, he, he's a guy that, you know, he was with Kansas city. We really didn't get to see, too much because that offense was just so high powered. It didn't, they just didn't need him. But Chris Conley could emerge as like a wide receiver two for Jacksonville with Nick Foles throwing the ball. So, you know, give me that six, two wide receiver that, you know, can go up and get a touchdown here because honestly, I hate the tight end situation in Jacksonville. Yeah. I'm off the tight end situation. I think Conley does make uh, for a nice pivot, you know, in a revenge game. I, I should point out too, that the Jaguars are implied right now for 24 points and, you kind of compare that around the slate. Um, you know, 24 points is equivalent to what the Panthers have right now. Uh, it's close to what the Browns have. The Browns are applied for 25. So, uh, you know, this is a – Vegas thinks pretty highly of, of this offense, and I think it's a reflection of, you know, they're going to have to keep up with the Chiefs, and the Chiefs, you know, do have some holes um, on defense. So, yeah, I think, again, the, the Chiefs, they ranked dead last in, in rush defense last year. Again, another – reason why uh we should like leonard fournette here yep i do like fournette as well um i i know i kind of skimmed over him i know this show in the past if you've listened to this show i'm not a huge fournette person i'm not biased like if he's in a good spot i'll play him and i like what i'm seeing ownership already um so depending on if that ownership trends up it started the week round eight it's already starting to climb towards 12 13 as long as it doesn't jump to like 20%, I think the only thing that's potentially helping him there is Dalvin Cook's kind of in that same price range. And Dalvin Cook is going to draw a lot of that ownership. So, you know, I could see it going both ways. We haven't talked about Chris Carson yet. Chris Carson's a little cheaper than Fournette. I, I could potentially see some of Chris Carson's ownership going towards Fournette as the week goes. So we're just going to have to continue to pay attention to projected ownership and, you know, listening to everybody who, and who they're talking about. Washington at Philadelphia, 45-and-a-half total here. Philly's favored by 10 in this game. Big-time favorites here going up against Washington. This this Washington offense is kind of a mess if we look at it in general. Like, you know, the coach came out, Gruden came out and said, like, there's a reason that we, try, you know, drafted Darius Geis. I think that's the most encouraging thing that we've heard from this offense all year. But the wide receivers, Richardson, Quinn, Jordan Reed's still questionable. He's still in concussion protocol, like, when you're looking at Washington, it's like, where's the production going to come from? Yeah, honestly, on a slate this size, I might just cross out Washington. I mean, there's – I mean, Trent Williams is holding out too. Um, I think yep. the Redskins signed Donald Penn. I think he's like 36 years old to start in his place. So they're just a mess. <clears throat> Excuse me. They're just a mess offensively. Um, I, I do think Darius Geis is, is – interesting but you know they still have adrian peterson um chris thompson's still around so he could potentially take on uh pass catching uh work if the redskins find themselves from behind which i expect them to so overall i mean i think honestly i'm just avoiding them i think case keenum's probably gonna get 
destroyed here, and I'm just going to focus on the Eagles' defense. Yeah, I like the Eagles' defense as well, and we'll talk about them in just a second. The other guy that I kind of want to play a little bit of is just Paul Richardson. He's a cheap wide receiver. He's a wide receiver one here. Um, I like him more if Jordan Reed doesn't play. I think that's obviously a huge thing. So the only the only other thing that you got to worry about Richardson is just you know he he's not a red zone guy usually he's a deep 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 threat so maybe like Trey Quinn or something but I don't hate either one of the cheap wide receivers here Quinn and Richardson in large field tournaments probably not something that I'm doing in in single entry or small stuff but. Uh, as far as Philadelphia goes, you know, anytime you have a, a, a massive favorite like this at home, you have interest in the defense and you usually have interest in the running back. But the running back situation is kind of still up in the air, in my opinion. Like, I think that we're going to see probably like a, a 50-50 split here. I wouldn't be shocked um, if, if Sanders and, and Jordan Howard kind of split the role. I don't think, you know, obviously like whoever gets a touchdown could be potentially, you know, worth it. But like, does the running back situation worry you at all here? It does. Uh, I, I do think it probably is, yeah, 50-50 or 60-40 split in, in favor of Howard. I do think they'll probably give Howard the, the veteran preference, to, you know, to start the season. But maybe as the season goes on, we do see Miles Sanders take on a larger role. Um, I I do think the because it the Eagles are implied for such, you know, a, a big margin of victory here that you could consider, you know, the Jordan Howard – Eagles stack, uh, Eagles defense stack. Um, that's probably my main interest. I know that, you know, Carson Wentz is, it, he's sort of enticing, right, at his price point. But, you know, I personally like to try and stack, you know, my quarterbacks with receivers. And they've got so many options here, right? They've got Zach Ertz. They've got Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, even Deshaun Jackson. I think he's going to play through his hand injury. Um, so it's kind of hard to figure out where I want to stack um, with Wentz. And if they get up, you know, by so much, do they just decide to run the ball to kind of milk out the clock? So that's where I'm struggling with the Eagles. And right now I'm kind of just leaning towards maybe Howard and, and the defense. Yeah, if I'm stacking Wentz, I'm probably playing Howard and Ertz. Like I like I like that quarterback running back tight end stack. I think that it's always very low owned. People hate stacking it. And like it always has some ceiling if if it works out. But you probably need four touchdowns and you would need all four touchdowns to come from those three players for that stack to work with all the games that we have on the slate, but not saying it's not going to happen. Wentz at his price, Howard at his price, you know, Ertz is kind of expensive, but I'm getting a massive discount on Jordan Howard. Uh, I do like the Jordan Howard Philly defense stack. It's certainly something that I'm looking at uh, quite a bit this week. So, you know, the biggest difference I think between like, Mark Ingram and the Baltimore defensive stack is like, we're looking at like an eight point difference in, in implied total. Um, so probably would stick to Ingram, Baltimore defense and cash, but Philadelphia defense, even with Deshaun Jackson, if they're going to let him do some punt returns, like we add value there too. There's always that upside. So, um, all right, moving on Rams and Panthers, 49 and a half total. Um, Rams are favored by two in this one. And, um, <laughs> good luck trying to figure out what Todd Gurley is going to do in this game. Cause I, I feel like that's honestly, that's probably the biggest question mark for me heading into week one. And it's really, in my opinion, going to depend on ownership. Like right now we, I, you know, have him projected around 5% ownership on DraftKings, And if that's the case, I'll play like 15, 20%. I don't mind, you know, tripling the field on him because if he does get the workload, if he does get the workload, 
if he's anywhere remotely close to Todd Gurley, like he crushes at that 5% ownership. I completely agree. I mean, we didn't see him at all. We didn't see any starters for the Rams in the preseason. So we have no idea. Everyone's going in blind at the same time. So, you know, we, we all have the lack of information. And I think that is where you attack it in GPPs at least. Um, I think, yeah, the, the questions of Todd Gurley and the questions of Ezekiel Elliott are like the biggest question marks on this slate. And in GPPs, if Gurley is going to be, yeah, 5%, uh, I think you you go overweight in tournaments and just hope that you know he returns to his former self. Um, Sean McVay did kind of hint that both Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson will play. But again, we don't know what that really means. And it's kind of hard to take you know Sean McVay's um, word right now uh, regarding Todd Gurley's um, health. So I think right now, at least in cash games, you know, I'm more focused on the Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, um, you know, type plays. I, I think Cooper Cup is also kind of interesting, but he's also got question marks around him. He's only 10 months removed from an ACL tear. And, you know, all the reports that I find online are that he's moving well and he's looking good. But again, we didn't see him at all in the, in the preseason. So right now, I, yeah, I think I'm kind of more on the on the uh, the passing game, but in GPPs, I think you should definitely you know look to attack the uh, the Todd Gurley question marks. Yeah, like it's all an ownership thing. If if his ownership starts to increase, like I, I don't have an issue like being underweight. But um, if we can play the ownership game on, on a talented player like Todd Gurley, week one, let's let's just take the leverage. Um, obviously, anything can happen. So, um, you know, honestly, when we're looking at it not much has changed in the secondary as far as Carolina from last year. Um, I know they have the, what is it? Slot corner, I think is a new one. Um, but you know, for the most part, we're looking at pretty much the same, you know, secondary that we've been looking at for a while here. Um, I like Robert Woods. I always like big wide receivers against, you know, Carolina Bradbury is kind of a guy that I like to pick on. He, you know, Julio Jones two years ago, three years ago, whenever it was that he had the monster game in like week four, me and Siege called it week one. Like, you know, we said, make sure you're playing Julio that week. So, um, yeah, like this is a spot that I like all the wide receivers. Uh, you know, Cooper Cup is at a price where if he ends up playing, you know, 75% of the snaps, he can easily pay off that price tag. So a lot of question marks with the Rams, which makes them a team that you can gain a lot of leverage with in a Carolina game that, this game is going to be scoring. They're going to score here. Both teams are going to score. So, like, if I can gain leverage on the field, it's just going to be all about paying attention to that ownership as far as, you know, everything goes here with both sides, the running back situation and the wide receiver situation because there's leverage to be had here. And they're road favorites. So, you know, got to respect that as well. So, we're looking at low ownership on Cooks, Woods, and Cup, and it's good leverage spots. So, yeah, and I, I didn't mention Jared Goff too. I mean, obviously, you know, if you're playing one or two of those guys, you you would stack it with Goff. And yep. yeah, I don't even hate playing like a, a girly Goff wide receiver, whichever one you want to pick stack. So, um, and if you're playing on the news site that we talked about, we had the show um, on Grinders Live on Wednesday. It was me and Grant Super Draft. Um, Jared Goff is the two X value, like max. He has that multiplier max, so he's like my cash game quarterback over there. So. Um, Carolina, you know, you always have to be interested in Cam Newton. Anytime he takes the field, you're interested in Cam Newton just because of the rushing upside. Um, anytime Christian McCaffrey's on the slate, you have to be interested. But I think the biggest thing here is obviously Funchess leaving in the offseason. Um, that kind of really just opened the door for DJ Moore to be the guy 
we've kind of wanted him to be the guy all last year. He had those games where he was the guy. But going into the season, like, this offense to me is one of the easiest stackable offenses in, in, in football because you know where the production is going to come from 75 to 85% of the time. Yeah, I mean, this is a really good stackable game. And at least the Panthers, Panthers side, you have the ability to stack um, – you know, Cam Newton, you can include McCaffrey. You can even throw, you know, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. I, I'm curious to see where the ownership kind of runs for Moore and Samuel. And I think it's going to be site dependent. Uh, they're both like, they're both $16 on Yahoo. So I actually think that's going to be really interesting to watch, you know, how the ownership gets split because you know, Samuel had all the preseason buzz. He was a talk of, of camp and of preseason and everyone's expecting that big, you know, leap in year three. So I'm really curious to see if, if, um, if Samuel starts to steal ownership from more. Um, I actually think, you know, Samuel is, is potentially cash game viable on a site like DraftKings. Uh, he's just so cheap. And you know that they're going to have to make up the production from Devin Funches leaving. So, there, yeah, there's a lot of good plays here. Um, Christian McCaffrey, I'm, I'm struggling with, with understanding kind of how the, the daily – fantasy player treats him for this week because I think there's so many good value plays in the mid tier. And we talked about Leonard Fournette, um, Dalvin cook and Nick Chubb already. And then we didn't even talk about, um, you know, all the, all the plays we're, we're going to get to, um, you know, Austin Eckler, for example, is going to be massively owned too. So, you know, I think it, it, it seems like it's going to be a week where we want a running back in flex and where I'm wondering if, you know, do people go three cheap, you know, mid-tier running backs, or are they going to try and jam in someone like a McCaffrey and then go down, you know, with a with a Fournette or or a Cook or a Chubb? Um, so that that's really interesting for me, and I'm going to be watching projected ownership. But for for now, I, I love you know McCaffrey in all formats, and I'm sure he's going to be popular. Yeah, and I think Zeke Elliott obviously helping uh, ownership for McCaffrey. So, you know, we haven't even talked about him. We haven't talked about Barkley. We haven't talked about Chris Carson, Eckler. Um, you know, Tevin Coleman is another guy that I like. So there's a lot of running backs on the slate um, that are kind of underpriced. But Christian McCaffrey, just a, a quick rundown from 2018. You know, he played 94.5% of the snaps, which was the, the highest by any running back. Uh, led the league in receiving yards and receptions as a, as a running or as a running back. And he had, uh, you know, 10 or 10 or 1,098 rushing yards, which was sixth most in the NFL. Fourth most red zone touches, just everything. Everything you want to see. You're getting a running back that was kind of like a wide receiver value because the dude averaged 7.8 targets per game. So we know when the, when the time comes, you know, they have plenty of plays written in this playbook for Christian McCaffrey to get into space with easy little catches. So he's always somebody you have to have on your radar, but he's always very touchdown dependent. We know he's going to probably get five to eight catches. We know he's going to get the targets. We know he's going to get the yards. But the biggest concern every time with Christian McCaffrey is, is it going to be Cam Newton? Is it going to be potentially Jordan Scarlett that get the goal line work? So, you know, week one is where we find out, like, are they going to continue to use McCaffrey as much as they did with Jordan Scarlett right behind him? So, yeah, I think with, you know, Cam's injury in the preseason, We've seen it. We started seeing it last year, right? That they moved away from having him be the goal line back uh, or getting goal line carries. So I think you know McCaffrey should get a huge uh, boost in, in touchdown equity. Um, I forgot to mention too, the Rams. You know, were a funnel defense last year. They ranked ninth in pass DVOA, but twenty seventh in run DVOA. So again, everything kind of lines up for this being a McCaffrey game. Yeah, don't sleep on Christian McCaffrey ever. 
ever. Buffalo Bills, New York Jets. Yeah, this one stinks. 40 and a half total. Jets favored by three. I see this game going one of two ways, Alan. Uh, I see this game being low scoring, low pace game, or I see this game just being an absolute slobber knocker shootout. Like, it's probably one of those under the radar type stack games that you're looking at, um, you know, on this slate. So, as much as I don't want to like it, I, I have to respect the fact that, like, I don't think Josh Allen's a very good quarterback, but I think he's an excellent fantasy quarterback. I don't think Sam Darnell is a good quarterback, but I think he's a good fantasy quarterback because he has those games and he's always cheap. But we'll start with the Bills. Again, I'm probably not playing anything in this game in cash games, right? Like, we could just say that. But as far as just overall looking at this game, it has some sneaky potential just in general. Yeah, I mean, I I love Josh Allen GPPs, and I think that's probably an awful take. But I I think he has – the upside that very few quarterbacks have, you know, we maybe Lamar Jackson um, can rival it, but it's because he has rushing upside. Right. And we saw last year in the final six games, he had a total of five rushing touchdowns. He averaged 25.3 FanDuel points per game in that stretch. So the upside is there. It's just, you know, whether or not he can get it through his legs as opposed to his arms. Um, LaShawn McCoy, you know, got cut and, I wonder if that maybe gives Allen a little bit more freedom to feel like he can improvise and run. I know the Bills probably don't want to do that, but yeah, I mean, I'm probably going to have some Josh Allen like naked teams where I'm not stacking him with any of his receivers. I think you could consider maybe someone like a John Brown or a Cole Beasley, but for the most part, I'm going to have some teams where I'm just playing him alone and hoping that he finds the end zone through his legs. Yeah. So Another sneaky thing that you got to kind of look at here is if Tyler Croft ends up not playing and this foot injury becomes a thing, like maybe you're looking at like stacking him with a Dawson Knox who is min salary just about everywhere just because like he'd end up playing majority of the snaps. Like I guess Sweeney could potentially play some, but he's more of a blocking tight end. So Dawson Knox might just be that guy. Like the thing that's appealing with Josh Allen is the times that he breaks off those like 30, 40 yard runs out of nowhere, like just scrambling because his team stinks. So um, if you're going to pair him with anybody, you know, potentially maybe John Brown, just because of the the upside, you know, they'll throw the deep ball a couple of times in this game, but you know, it's one of those things that if I'm game stacking it, I don't hate going like an Allen bell, Robbie Anderson type team and just getting hope I'm getting the two or three touchdowns from the jets through those two guys. So moving over to the Jets side of things, obviously we have not seen Le'Veon Bell in a year. Um, And I think people are going to do one of two things. They're either going to be super excited to play Le'Veon Bell because of how good he was with Pittsburgh. And, you know, he's a stud. Let's just be realistic. He was an absolute stud there, but taking a year off football, I don't care how much you work out. Like you're, you're not, you're not ready, uh, you know, as far as, you know, taking hits and everything. So, I'm kind of on the fence with Bell, and that's why I said, like, if I'm looking at this game, I'm looking at it as a, a type of stack um, because that, that's how I want to approach this game. It's interesting because I was on the fence with Bell, too, and so I was kind of hoping that maybe you would push me one way or the other. But I think maybe that's a reflection of where a lot of us are at, that we, we just don't know with Le'Veon Bell, we, right? Like, the recency bias is against him. We haven't seen him in a year. They bubble-wrapped him in the preseason, so we don't know – what he's you know still capable of uh obviously he's going to be a good play but um this offense you know this team is now led by adam gase who 
last year for the Dolphins, you know, they averaged just 55 plays per game, which was last in the NFL. And I don't know if that trend continues, but I guess I've had this perception of the Jets being this really slow paced team with question marks of, you know, how good is Le'Veon Bell still? Um, And again, maybe that just speaks to the point that we should be attacking Bell in tournaments if, if uh, you know, everyone's kind of struggling with the same thing. I don't know if that's, if that makes sense. Yeah, I kind of, kind of, you know, now that I, I hate to say that I'm going to continue to watch the ownership, but like it, it's obviously something like he's not priced in that Zeke McCaffrey Barkley tier. He's not technically priced in that Cook Fournette. He's kind of in that range that people might overlook on the slate. Let's just be realistic. The Mixon Bell, David Johnson, Todd Gurley range on DraftKings at least, are going to kind of be that range that's overlooked in my opinion. Um, and, you know, that's where you gain your leverage. In tournaments, you're, it's football. There's so much information for NFL. There's so much information that you got to gain your leverage on who has that two-touchdown, 100-yard-plus game, um, you know, at the lower ownership. And Bell easily could do that and add five catches in the process. So, I'm on the fence, but that's not meaning I'm not going to play him here. Um, I, I do think that this game, just, this game could really be sneaky. Like we we could be doing a baseball podcast on Monday, going, man, I cannot believe the Bills and Jets, you know, ended up being like 24 to 27 and being 11, 10 points over their total. Like it wouldn't shock me. Like that's where this, that's where I'm at on this game. It's it's just one of those games where Robbie Anderson's interesting. Jamison Crowder is interesting. Um, you know, especially because I think a lot of people will look at Robbie Anderson and Jamison Crowder's cheap and, you know, he has some upside. So there's, I like the Jets pass catchers more, but like, I like Allen more than I like Darno, if that makes any sense. So I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you on this one. Yeah. So I think I would rather play Allen than Darno. I like Jamison Crowder on full PPR sites, like, um, you know, like, like a DraftKings, but the thing is, you know, we saw Sam Darno just last year zero in on a slot receiver, and I think that could just lead to Crowder getting peppered with with targets here. Um, and yeah, and Robbie Anderson, right? He's just makes sense in GPPs because he's got that two touchdown upside that comes out of nowhere. So there are a lot of you know a lot of interesting plays here. You know, maybe maybe just maybe I'll throw in a stack here, right? Maybe a, a Josh Allen with um, you know Robbie Anderson, Le'Veon Bell stack and. Just hope this game shoots out and is a little bit sneaky. Cincinnati at Seattle, 44.5 total here. Um, Seattle's a 10-point favorite. Um, this is a game, another game that I like as a sneaky shootout game. Um, I think a lot of people will be off Cincinnati here. The, the Seattle scary defense um, is the best way to put it. Like, everybody just gets so scared of the Seattle defense. And, yeah, they're getting healthier. They added some pieces. But I still think they're going to end up being, like, a middle-of-the-road defense Um you know, they, they did draft some, some defensive players, but they added some defensive players. Maybe this defense is better, healthier here, but I, I think that with A.J. Green being out, we're going to see very low ownership on the Bengals just in general here. Yeah, I think people will be on Tyler Boyd because they'll see yeah, Green out. They'll say, you know, he's going to be peppered with uh, with targets this game. I think. Um, he probably makes the most sense as a play. I'm I'm kind of on the fence with Tyler Boyd. I'm not a huge Tyler Boyd fan, um, especially with the defense going to be focused in on him. Um, I think Joe Mixon, like like Le'Veon Bell, he's in that weird price range where you know, I don't really want to play him as a as a road underdog. 
Um, and we also just saw Giovanni Bernard get a two-year extension, which makes me wonder if you know he starts to see a little bit of an expanded role uh, for this season. Um, so I, I think for the most part, I'm I'm kind of off the Bengals, but you know I think maybe Joe Mixon, maybe Tyler Boyd are are interesting plays, but for the most part, you know, I'm, I don't have a ton of interest here. So one of the reasons I like the Bengals here is because of how cheap you can kind of stack them up. Mixon is one of my favorite tournament plays on the slate. We know he's a workhorse back. I know Gio just signed that contract, and I hope that drives down the ownership of Mixon a little bit, which it's probably it's already really low in general. Seattle allowed a ton of rushing yards. I think they allowed the most rushing yards per game last season to running backs. Obviously, they're getting healthier. It's not the same. Um, and, and I respect that and all that good stuff. But um, – you know, they were middle of the road. I, I was reading this chart backwards. But I, I like this spot for Mixon just because Mixon can catch the ball to the backfield. If they're trailing here, like he up, he has a higher upside, they're still projected to score two touchdowns. No A.J. Green. Tyler Boyd is a guy. And a guy that I really like is Tyler Eifert. They've already come out and said that they're going to use Eifert in the past game. They drafted a blocking tight end, which I think was phenomenal for Tyler Eifert. Who cares if he only plays 40 or 50% of the snaps if he's only playing on passing downs? Like, obviously, he'll play on some running downs so the defense don't, you know, fully lock in on the pass when he's out there. But, like, if we're seeing Eifert just, you know, potentially playing more passing downs and not playing the whole game, like, we have to have interest in Tyler Eifert. He's a, he's a massive red zone threat when he's healthy, and right now he's healthy. So, let's see how it works out. As far as the Seahawks go, Chris Carson is a phenomenal play. Tyler Lockett is a phenomenal play. Russell Wilson's always in play. Seattle is very straightforward for me. It's those three guys. You know, obviously you can take shots on, on some of these other, you know, Seattle wide receivers depending on who suits up and not. But, you know, obviously it's Tyler Lockett. It's Chris Carson. It's Russell Wilson. Yeah, I really like Chris Carson. I think, I think the, in, the industry is going to be high on Chris Carson as well. Um, but he's probably my favorite play on the Seahawks. I love the Carson-Seahawks defense correlation stack. The, the only way that it could potentially fail is if Rashad Penny gets a bigger role than we expect. But based on the preseason usage, you know, we didn't see Penny really impress. And so I'm thinking this is going to be, you know, Carson's team. And we saw the, the Seahawks just be really run heavy um, last year. The average second most rushing attempts per game last season. And as um, home favorites, I think it just sets up well for Carson. Yeah, we'll have to see, like, as far as the wide receivers go. David Moore is doubtful. Jerry and Brown's questionable. DJ Metcalf is questionable. So you're going to really have to, you know, potentially look at that. Um, you know, that could potentially open up some value. Will Desley uh, maybe is a, a punt tight end. But punt tight ends are punt tight ends. They're, they're all usually under 3K, and you're just taking shots and hoping that one of them finds the end zone. But, yeah, like Metcalf is going to be a, a massive red zone threat for Seattle this season. He's just so big in size. So we'll have to see health-wise what we're looking at here. Colts and Chargers, 44.5 total. The Chargers are 6.5-point favorites here um, at home. What are your thoughts here when it comes to the Colts? Yeah, the Colts are um, – they're interesting from a game theory perspective because I, I don't think anyone's going to play Marlon Mack. And – we saw in the postseason in the wild card game when the Colts were playing uh, the Texans, you know, they got up to a lead and then they just let Mac run wild. Um, and it, it's tough on paper because, you know, the Chargers do have a good 
run and pass defense, but they did lose Derwin James. And so we'll, we don't know how that's going to affect their, you know, their overall defense. So I, I think it's really interesting if you want to be contrarian, you know, play Marlon Mack. And I don't think anyone's going to play him. You know, I, I think the perception is that the Colts just had Andrew Luck retire, that, you know, they're going to have a down year, but you know, at the same time, um, Jacoby Brissett has been with the system for, for three years. He's been with the team. You know, this is his third season, so he knows the system. He knows the ins and outs of the team. Um, you know, maybe he surprises us in here. So Mac is actually my, probably my favorite contrarian play. Um, I think Brissett is – I think he's viable in, in cash games if you really want to go down that low. I don't think you need him in cash games, but I know there's um, some buzz about him getting, you know, cash game consideration. Do you have any thoughts on that? I still like Foles more, uh, to be honest. That's where I'm at. Um, the Chargers defense, there's somebody banged up for that defense too. Um, I can't think of who it is off the top of my head, but there's somebody like one of their key pieces is kind of banged up right now. So obviously that would make a huge difference as well. Um, you know, we'll just have to kind of see how this works out, right? Like Brissett's really cheap. And if I was going to play Brissett, it'd probably be with a Mac. Um, it would probably be kind of like a mac Brissett combo. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both kind of cheap. They're both going to be like Mac. I like the Mac call. I do. That's interesting because like, you have to also remember like Wilkins and Williams are both banged up. So it's going to be the Marlon Mack show. This, this team was set up for the playoffs with Andrew Luck. Let's just be realistic for a second. And Brissett, not Andrew Luck by any means. Don't get me wrong, but Brissett's not going to be terrible. Like he's he's had a year under Luck. He's he's been with this offense now. It wasn't. It's not the same situation as it was last time. Um, Ty Hilton is always an interesting tournament play because of the ability and because of the upside. So he's a guy that probably going to be very low owned here. And um, don't ever forget, you know, Ty Hilton when you're building because Paris Campbell, Devin Funches, like it's Ty Hilton's offense. Let's be real. Right. Um, yeah. And I think that the tight end situation, you know, we don't really know what's going on with Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle. I think they're both coming off injuries, if I recall. So, I mean, they were both monsters last year. Um, and if one or both are healthy, you know, I could potentially see, uh, you know, a repeat season. Um, the other side, what do you like here for the Chargers? Um, so, I guess I, I'm struggling with Austin Eckler right now because he's cheap and we do expect we do expect um, Eckler and Justin Jackson to um, have some sort of timeshare, but the exact timeshare is is unclear. I think from what I've read is that people are expecting a Eckler Jackson you know fifty fifty split, but then Eckler gets um, the pass down. So I'm really torn on Eckler. Like I can see the appeal in cash games. I I think I'll probably underweight in tournaments because again. Um, uh, there's a lot of ways that the Chargers can score, you know, outside of Eckler, right? They can, they've got, they still have Keenan Allen. Um, they have Mike Williams is a huge, you know, red zone threat. And Hunter Henry is now back. And even Hunter Henry is a uh, potential cash game play. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I, I think for me right now, I'm kind of on the fence with Eckler and Henry as, you know, they're, they're clearly underpriced, but um, there are so many red zone options for them. I like um, Henry and cash games. I think that's a lot of way. A lot of people are going to go Hunter Henry and cash, and I'm not going to sit here and try to talk you off of it because of the value that he presents at 3.9 K. Um, you mentioned Mike Williams. He's a great pivot off of Keenan Allen. Um, I will be underweight on Eckler in tournaments just because like we're projecting him already for 
this is not 2014, 2015. People are a lot smarter than they used to be. They know the situation going on here. They know Eckler is going to get the work. I have no issues playing Eckler in cash. I really don't. I personally would probably find the extra money to go up to a Carson, Cook, Fournette situation. Uh, maybe all three of those guys. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I don't mind Eckler in cash, uh, but I will be underweight on tournaments. I'm not fully fading him, but if he's at like 25%, maybe I play like 15% and just gain some leverage there. Uh, because I do like Chris Carson. I do like Marlon Mack. I like Mark Ingram. I like Tevin Coleman. All these guys in this range. Yeah, I think Eckler makes more sense in full PPR sites. Yep. Oh, 100%. 100%. and Buccaneers, 50.5 total here. San Francisco favored by one. A lot of people's favorite game, in my opinion. I feel like this is a game a lot of people are talking about, and they should be. This is one of those games you expect a lot of production from. Going to have to watch the weather. But I'll let you um, give me your thoughts here on the 49ers side. I think I like the 49ers side more in tournaments because I've been hearing more buzz on the, the Buck side. So I think just to maybe gain some leverage on the ownership. Um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo started off with a rough preseason, but then he, he turned it around. I think in his last um, preseason performance, he went 14 of 20 with 188 yards and a touchdown. So again, we don't really know fully how healthy he is, but I'm assuming he's hundred percent. I'm assuming, you know, mentally he's, he's over the injury. Um, you know, the, I'm kind of off the run game. I know you mentioned Tevin Coleman. I do think from what I've read is that um, Matt Barrows, the Niners beat writer, he predicted a, a 50-40 timeshare for Coleman and, and uh, Matt Breida. And then Raheem Mostert probably gets the remaining 10%. So it, it could be a potential you know, three-headed monster here. Um, but yeah, I can see, I think Coleman probably has the most touchdown equity, but then um, you know Matt Breida is still around. He's only 4K on DraftKings. It's a little bit interesting, but I think for the most part, it's, I'm kind of on the fence here. Like if, if I'm going to stack it, I'm probably going to go Jimmy Garoppolo with maybe someone like a, a Dante Pettis or a Marquise Goodwin who I think Pettis and Goodwin should be uh, starting right now. So one of the reasons that I like this game is because I think a lot of people will stack Garoppolo with Kettle and I will do that as well. But instead of just doing those two, I'll add like a Coleman or a Brita, add mm-hmm. the running back. Um, I agree with you. Like I, I'm not a, I'm, I'm saying Tevin Coleman's name just because like he's in that range and I think he will be pretty low owned here. And I like the price point. Um, and he can catch the ball in the backfield, just like Brita. Like if Coleman gets going here, Shanahan is a guy that will roll with the hot hand too. Like we've seen that so many times over the last year um, with him. So I like this spot for Coleman just because of the price ownership. And I don't see a lot of people stacking Garoppolo Kittle and Coleman. I want to play Kittle. Like, he's the guy. He's the number one guy here. Pettis and Goodwin both have upside. Even, like, Debo, maybe, if he gets some work, has some upside. You know, they're all cheap. I don't mind playing any of those guys. But my main stack here is Garoppolo, Coleman, Kittle. Um, As far as Tampa goes, you're right. They've been getting a ton of buzz. And a lot of it has to do with Chris Godwin. He is everybody's darling this year in drafts. Like, that's all you hear about. And – you hear it everywhere. You hear it Sirius XM. You hear it on ESPN. He is everybody's darling this year for good reason. But in what world do we live in that Chris Godwin is projected for 26% ownership and Mike Evans is projected for 11%? Like, I get it. I, I like Chris Godwin a lot, but there's no reason that he should be double OJ Howard and Mike Evans in this spot ownership-wise. 
Yeah, I, this is the game that I've been struggling with since uh, pricing got released because everyone was you know, talking about the Bucks and a great game. Yeah, it's absolutely a great game. I, I think I'm trying to figure out how do I differentiate myself from it. Um, I guess one way is like you said, you go Mike Evans. You know, maybe you pair Jameis Winston with Mike Evans and a, and OJ Howard. And not to say, you know, Godwin is a bad play. He's definitely a good play. And I think you can even consider him in cash games. But if, yeah, if the ownership is going to be 25, 26%, I think in, for a wide receiver, you know, that's such a volatile position. Um, that's so touchdown reliant. Um, you know, maybe you consider an underweight approach. Um, the other thing to consider, right, is that Jameis Winston was pretty up and down last year and he got benched for um, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And so just because he's given the full-time role now, and just because Bruce Arians is a coach, you know, doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be, you know, this star all of a sudden. And I, again, I, I, I think he's a good play, um, but I'm just trying to think how, what are the routes where this could potentially fail? So I don't think you necessarily play the 49ers defense, but if you think, you know, maybe Winston underperforms here and that potentially brings down, you know, Godwin and Evans and, and the rest of the team, you know, that, that's another route. So that's kind of how I'm thinking through this. You know, I, I don't necessarily want to play a buck stack that's going to be 15, 20% owned in tournaments because, again, I, I would rather just target other stacks or, or try to be contrarian uh, with it. Yeah, like I feel like the biggest leverage is you said it, Winston with Evans and O.J. Howard. If that happens, Godwin's still going to get his. You just hope that Godwin goes for like 70, 70 or 7 for like 100 yards and Evans and Howard scores all the touchdowns. I'm going to play some Chris Godwin, um, by no means fading Chris Godwin here, but I feel like it's insane that Mike Evans is coming in at 15% lower ownership. Yeah, he had a down year. Chris Godwin's the buzz. He's the buzz play this week. He really is. Like, coming off of season-long drafts, you're hearing his name everywhere. O.J. Howard's in a good spot. Mike Evans is in a good spot. Chris Godwin's in a good spot, but there's no reason the ownership should be as high as it is on normal basis. And, like, he could easily end up being Tampa's number one wide receiver this year. I'm not saying that, again, I really like him. I think the matchup for Mike Evans is the best on the slate, though. He gets Wilterspoon, Wil- Wil- you know, on the outside there. He's not a good corner. So, you know, yeah. do not do not sleep on Mike Evans is kind of what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think that's how I plan to at least differentiate my stacks is, again, yeah, I'm not saying Cohen's a bad play. I'm not saying Winston's a bad play. But if I'm playing Winston, I'm probably going to, you know, go with an Evans stack. Um, maybe you play – maybe you hedge by playing Godwin in cash games and, and Evans in tournaments. Um, and also, you know, they still have Cameron Brait, right? Cameron Brait and O.J. Howard, they, they like to run two tight end sets. That's also another way where maybe, you know, Brait steals some production and, and, and um, vultures some touchdowns. Yeah, that's one of the reasons that I don't play Perryman. I don't like the third wide receiver with Tampa is because they like to run the two wide receiver or tight end sets. So, Giants and Cowboys, 45 and a half total. Dallas favored by seven in this game. Um, New York Giants, you know, when we're thinking about them, obviously they lost a huge piece to this puzzle with Odell Beckham but that also in, increased the reception probabilities for Barkley Shepard uh, and Ingram like okay you know Beckham's gone we we have a cheap Shepard we have a cheap Ingram Barkley's expensive but he should be like I don't want to play Eli but I want to play his pieces yeah that's where I was kind of um thinking through this right like I wonder how owned 
Evan Ingram will, will be because I think the natural inclination is we want to play a quarterback and stack it with someone, but no one's going to want to play Eli. So what does that do for the ownership of, yeah, of Evan Ingram, of, of Saquon, of, you know, all the past catchers um, like Benny Fowler, Sterling Shepard and so on. Um, I kind of think that I'm pretty much off the receiving core for, in terms of, you know, Sterling Shepard and Benny Fowler. I'm not hugely interested, but um, you know, the reports of coming out from ESPN that Evan Ingram He's going to basically take on a larger role here with Beckham gone, which makes sense. And they didn't play him in the preseason or they didn't play him much in the preseason um, just to save him for the regular season. And I think Angram is one of my favorite um, GPP uh, tight ends. And yeah, I'll probably be way overweight on Angram uh, this week. I like it. I, I do. Um, you know, it's definitely a, a nice spot to attack and, you know, I, again, I don't know what we'll be looking at ownership-wise, but it's not like the Dallas Cowboys defense was very middle of the road last season against tight ends, and a lot of that had to do with, uh, you know, Lee's injuries. But, um, yeah. Uh, Dallas side, obviously everybody knows Zeke Elliott. He signed um, – kind of seeing mixed reports already that he'll play 25 to 30 snaps. Um, if that is the case, like if they get up in this game and they really only give him 25 to 30 snaps – he could still score two touchdowns in that snap range, but he's an easy fade for me. Yeah. I, um, I think I agree. I agree. He's a fade. If the 25 to 30 snaps is true. Um, I guess I'm a little skeptical that he only plays like half the game. Um, I'm, I'm skeptical too. Don't get me, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. you know, that's why I said like, you know, man, he's such, he's such an interesting case, right? Because yeah. if this game stays close, you know, you, you know that Dallas ends up using him more than that 25 to 30 snap if he looks good. But, like, do they limit his third down work? Like, that, that's where it becomes a thing, right? Like, do they w- limit his work a little bit? Do they give him series off? Like, yeah, he said he's been working out, but, you know, he's going to have one or two practices maybe at full speed. I doubt it. Like, we're at that point of, this, of the week already where like he's just he's 9200 like let's be realistic for a second he's the highest priced running back on the slate it's not a bad matchup by any means against the giants but if he doesn't get the workload of barkley of mccaffrey of johnson of bell like even going down fournette cook like if he doesn't get the workload of those guys he needs the two touchdown game to pay off his price that that's a really good point i think i think you're pushing me towards that direction now um you know, I, I do think Tony Pollard probably gets a little bit of playing time. Um, I mean, they, they mentioned he's going to see work behind. He's earned behind. it. He should. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I think you're right. Um, if he does see half the game or, you know, even a little bit more than half the game, yeah, he's going to have to smash to, to really pay off that price tag. So uh, it probably does make sense to go underweight. Um, maybe, again, this is a spot. We keep talking about ownership, but, you know, if Zeke is only going to be 5 10% owned, um, Maybe I'll consider matching the field at least if I'm building a bunch of rosters, a bunch of lineups. But yeah, I, I think for the most part, um, probably not going to be heavy on Zeke. Um, I, I even have some concerns with Amari Cooper. Uh, he says he's 100, percent but he used you know, he used the term plantar fasciitis that that he has, and, and that's that's always a red flag because that never goes away. Right? That just goes goes away with the rest. Um, but he was a full participant in practice on Wednesday, so I, I assume he's good to go. Um, I'll probably have some GPP exposure as well, uh, but yeah, it, it, the Cowboys situation is a little bit hard to read. Yeah. I don't hate playing um, a Cooper 
Cooper play. Like, I have no issues with that. Just because I think a lot of people are going to play mid, mid-tier mid wide receivers and some of those higher-end guys are just going to be overlooked. Um, last game on the main slate, we got the Lions and the Cardinals. 46.5 total. Detroit's favored by 2.5 in this game. Um, you know, Johnson's a guy coming into the season that we've been, you know, very high on. Kenny Galladay is one of my favorite players in the NFL. I'm, I'm, I love his talent level. But this game, like, it just doesn't scream a lot to me. I like Johnson. I like Galladay. I probably wouldn't play Stafford here, but I don't mind those two guys, maybe a Marvin Jones. Yeah, Galladay is actually really cheap on, on Yahoo. It's only $15. Um, Ooh, so he's actually there priced, we go. Yeah, he's priced the 31st most expensive receiver. So I think I would take a look at, you know, what site you're playing on and, and uh, also kind of where he's ranked. Um, but, yeah, Galladay on Yahoo is probably a really strong play. Um, I'm not super high on the Lions this year, and maybe it's a personal bias. I just – you know, I know Carryon Johnson was – was hyped up in in the offseason but then you know cj anderson i do expect him to play a role and and to potentially you know get some goal line work um so i think for me it's mainly galladay um yeah not super excited about the lions this year well another thing that i kind of remember about arizona a lot of pieces moving around here um as far as this like secondary goes so really gonna have to kind of see you know, what we're looking at as far as the secondary goes because, you know, they could be starting a couple guys that we don't know a lot about, so that could obviously help a guy like Holiday. But love is love is Yahoo price now that I get to play over there. So, <laughs> um, and, and, like, this could be a game that potentially gets, you know, close to a shootout. Like, if Kyler Murray is this guy that's going to come out and, you know, they're going to play fast and he's going to get the job done and they move up and down the field, like, Detroit's going to have to keep up. Detroit's the favorite here, so – you know, maybe maybe we're not giving enough love to the Lions, but you know the Arizona side of things. David Johnson, we know Christian Kirk has been talked about a lot. The tight end situation kind of stinks. Fitz is going to get his. You know, he he's a PPR type guy on PPR full point sites. But the biggest question is here: Do you trust a rookie at home at least um, in his first you know full game? Yeah, it's really tricky because we saw Kyler Murray being the cash game potential quarterback um, when pricing was released. And I think everyone's really excited. And then we got, you know, Jacoby Brissett as an option. Um, you know, Nick Foles, I think is, you know, like you mentioned is definitely an option. I think there's just so many choices now. And I, I think um, ownership's going to be a little bit more spread out than I anticipated. Um, again, one, one way to be contrarian again is we don't know, right. What, what Kyler Murray is going to do here. We didn't see much in the preseason either. They really ran scripted plays and, we didn't get a chance to watch him run and improvise. And that's, that's where he's really going to gain his fantasy points, right? It's, it's going to be on the ground for the most part because he has that uh, ability to scramble. Um, you know, this Lions defense is not, is not great. So again, um, it's, it's anyone's guess here what Murray does. I'm in cash games. I personally wouldn't, I'm not leaning towards Kyler Murray. And again, I think it's maybe a, a bias of, I don't really know what a rookie is going to do in his debut. So I'm a little bit hesitant. Um, it's a nice price, but again, I think there are other options where, you know, we have nor we have more known quant, quant, uh, quantities, you know, around him that I feel like we can choose from. Yeah. You talked about funnel defenses and Detroit was definitely a funnel defense last year. They pride themselves on stopping the run. Um, and they were very bad against the pass. 31 and DVOA, 31st and DVOA against pass, 13th against the run. So 
this could be a game that Murray has a big game. You know, obviously you got to watch the ownership on him because he's a quarterback. But typically you don't have to be too concerned with quarterbacks just because, like, they don't typically see 15 25% or 15 to 25%. Most of them come in to 10 to 15. So I like Murray. I do because you can stack them a bunch of different ways with a Kirk, with a, with a Fitz, with a Johnson. So I don't hate the Murray Johnson stack running back quarterback. And, you know, so. I think I like him more in tournaments. I think that's maybe the, the point that I was trying to yep. kind of work through. Yeah. I think he's a better tournament play than, than a cash game play. All right. That was the main slate. Uh, we're going to give our quick thoughts here. We're running a little long. It's the first one of the year. Obviously I'm going to run long on the first one of the year, but we're going to give our quick, quick thoughts on the Sunday night showdown and the two game slate on Monday. Uh, just give me a quick rundown who you'd be looking at here for the Steelers. For the Steelers, I think um, Juju's uh, underpriced on fantasy draft. Um, he's he's 13K, um, ninth highest priced wide receiver. So uh, site dependent, but Juju does seem like a strong play in fantasy draft. Uh, uh, yeah, I keep forgetting fantasy draft has that Sunday night game on their main slate. So yeah, Juju and Connor would be, very much be in play over there on fantasy draft. Um, I don't hate Vance McDonald. You know, if you're playing showdowns, you know, Ben, you know, Connor, Ben, Juju, McDonald, and your your flyer would probably end up being like a, a James Washington. I like him, I think, more than I like Mon, Moncrief. Um, and then the, the Patriots side of things, you know, the running back situation is always a mess. The goal line back is Sonny Michelle sometimes. Sometimes it's white. Um, Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman, you know, Demarius Thomas, you know, this game, you know, luckily it's on the fantasy draft main slate because it's an awesome game. But, you know, for the showdown slate, there's just so many different ways you can attack this one. Yeah, I think I'm mostly on Edelman because we, you know, we know that he's got that rapport with, with Brady. Um, Gordon's got the buzz, but again, he, we've just seen him, you know, come in, come in and out. We don't know what his condition is like. So I'm a little bit more hesitant on him. Yep. So if you're not cop, if you're not doing like a captain juju, maybe you do like a cop captain Sonny Michelle because his t- touchdown equity is usually really high. So uh, the two game Monday slate, we're gonna really quickly run through this one. Um, Houston at New Orleans, it's a 52 and a half total. New Orleans favored by six and a half. It's two game slate. Uh, you know it's gonna be tough to be different on this slate, but one of the ways you could potentially be different here is you know, potentially looking at this Houston team because, you know, we have no idea what's going to happen with the running situation. Yeah. If you're playing a two game slate, I think everyone's going to, everyone's going to stack the Houston New Orleans uh, game. So I guess potentially one way is to stack the Denver Oakland game. Again, it's not, it's not ideal, but you're going to get that lower ownership. So if it's, it's purely an ownership play. Um, I do like, I do really like Deshaun Watson here. Uh, We've saw him last year. He averaged, I did some math. He, he, uh, in games decided by three points or less, he actually averaged five more um, fantasy points. And, you know, with the Texans being uh, road underdogs here, I, I do expect him to have to throw more. Um, you know, no Lamar Jackson. He's going to have to air it out. And the return of Will Fuller. I love Will Fuller in, in GPPs. Yep, always like Will Fuller. The flyer, man. I love that guy. Um, don't even hate Kote. Uh, as far as the Saints go, you know, Alvin Kamara is going to be a monster this season. But – you know, outside of him, Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, always very much in play. But the two guys you're looking at here that are kind of going to move into a new role this season is Jared Cook and um, Smith. Both of those guys are very interesting. So, do like the Saints um, on this two-game two game slate. 
yeah, it's contrarian to stack Denver or Oakland, or you just you just hope this Saints game shoots out. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe maybe right. do that instead. Yeah, you get, you get the right piece from the Denver Oakland game. <laughs> <laughs> that that's probably the the better approach. I mean, we we saw Drew Brees have he has huge home road splits, and this is a home game. Um, in the last two season, last two seasons, his his uh touchdown to interception ratio is thirty seven to eight at home compared to twenty two and seven on the road. So yeah, maybe you do stack up the Houston Saints game and just try and find that right contrarian piece on the Denver game. Uh, what do you like here for Denver? Denver at Oakland, 43.5 total. Denver's favored by one. Uh, what do you like here for the Broncos? I do think Cortland Sun makes a lot of sense. I know Emmanuel Sanders is still there, but he's only eight months removed from a torn Achilles, and he's 32 years old, and I just I don't know how he's doing it, but uh, I still think Cortland Sun eventually takes over as the clear number one. Um, and maybe on the Raiders side, uh, you know, Josh Jacobs should be the workhorse back now. I, th- I think he sees a large role. Um, if you want to throw some darts at Darren Waller, um, he's been the talk of the preseason. Um, he's the Raiders tight end. You know, he's um, cleaned up his life. Um, he's fully focused and healthy. So I think he's a potential breakout candidate. I like both tight ends in this game, Font and Waller, just because Jared Cook's going to see so much ownership on this two-game slate. It's not like a showdown slate. Like you're playing your normal – you know, tight end, wide receiver type builds. And, like, everybody's going to click that button on Jared Cook. And just to get leverage there is where you get your leverage in this game. You just hope Cook doesn't find the end zone. So, um, I like Font. I do like Sutton as well. I don't hate a Philip Lindsay play. I don't hate Emmanuel Sanders, but I have so much exposure to him in best balls. I just I'm, – I'm just hoping in, in general that he goes off this season because I got him so late. Um, as far as Oakland goes, like you said, Josh Jacobs, workhorse back, we hope. Um, but the sneaky play here, I think, is Ty- Tyrell Williams, just because Antonio Brown's there now. That's going to free up Williams a little bit to kind of, you know, stretch the field. So Derek Carr will launch it. It's not always accurate, but he'll <laughs> launch it. So, um, yeah, it's a two-game slate. Again, uh, you know, just absolutely loading up on the Saints game and hoping that I get the right pieces from this Oakland game because – you know, I, I'll gain my leverage at tight end. Like that, that, honestly, that's probably where I'm going to gain my leverage. I'm just going to play Font or Waller, and hope that they match Cook at lower ownership, and I can be different. So yeah, and that's smart. Smart. Let's play the morning grind game on the main slate, and then we're going to get out of here. Uh, morning grind game is we eliminate the top five spots for running back, wide receiver, um, tight end, and quarterback. You'll understand once we get going here. Um, give me a running back for a hundred or more rushing yards. That's not Zeke. Barkley, McCaffrey, Gurley, or Johnson? I think I'm going with Dalvin Cook. I know it's kind of chalky, but Cook's my guy. All right. I don't mind the chalk. I'm going to go Chris Carson, who I think is going to be pretty popular as well. I love Carson going into the season. Um, give me a wide receiver for over 100 receiving yards. I'm going D.D. Westbrook. You took my guy. I knew you were gonna, when you were talking about him when we were talking about that game, I knew it was coming, too. Um, I'll take my other guy. I like Kenny Galladay a lot uh, this season. I'm not really I'm, – that Arizona secondary might be really bad. We don't really know. So, uh, we'll have to really see. That's going to be something like – that's a game that I know I'm going to end up – I watch all the games on Sunday as they're playing out. Like, we go and we watch the games. But I, I typically watch film Monday through Wednesday just to kind of rewatch everything. And the Arizona secondary is really what I want to focus on when I'm making my notes from week one. Um, tight end for a touchdown. Who do you got? I'm going with uh, Delaney Walker. Ooh, I like that one. Um, 
I'm not going to go off the board here, uh, but I'm not going to say um, Henry. I'm going to go Njoku just because I, I feel like Cleveland's going to light it up and, you know, potentially get a touchdown there. This is what, probably my favorite ad for this year's morning grind game. We didn't really do this last year. Give me a guy under 5K, flex position, running back, wide receiver, tight end, to score 20 or more points. Okay. I'm all right. This is pretty contrarian off the board. I'm going to try Jordan Howard. Oh, I like that one. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one. Um, well I was going to DD was the guy that I was looking at here. So I'm just kind of looking, um, there was a guy that I liked to hold on one second. I gotta remember. I know what team he's for. I just got to make sure he's in that price range. He, yep, he's not. Um, he's off by hundred bucks. Damn it! Um, <laughs> go for it. It's your game. You can do whatever you want. No, I'm not going to cheat the first day. Um, give me Evan Ingram. Oh, I like that I'll one. Tight end. That's a good one. Since I couldn't take him at tight end, I'll take him as my flex. Um, all right, last one. Give me a quarterback that goes for 300 yards. That's you know not the top five guys: Mahomes, Winston, Newton, Newton, Mayfield, or Wilson. Okay, I am going to go Jared Goff. Oh, I like that one too. I hope that happens because, like I said, a new site. I'm going to definitely be playing over there. Um, Jimmy G, Grappolo. I'm taking the Jimmy G. Um, love that game. Love the potential ways that you can stack that game. It's a lot of fun. So, Alan, man, I appreciate you joining me. It was, it was fun breaking down the slate. It's fun to be back with football and you know, just getting back into that football mood. No, thanks for having me. It, it's uh, this is going to be a crazy week. I think we've had so much time to digest, you know, preseason and you know all the all the resources and all the pricing for several weeks now uh, to finally get back into it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It really bearing down, hoping that there's not too much injury news on Sunday morning and we can just enjoy some football. So appreciate you joining me. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball uh, because hey, baseball is still going. Um, obviously we didn't talk baseball today, so you can go over to Rotor Grinders. Uh, there'll be a live show at 5 PM. If you want a free show, or you can read all the premium stuff. We'll have a bunch of stuff up for the early and main slates for baseball on Thursday. Hope everyone has an awesome week one. We will see you again tomorrow.